past couple of weeks, I've been reflecting a lot, just kind of listening. And just kind of soak in just the shift in the season, as I often do during Advent, preparing for Advent, this new liturgical season, this new, this new year. Just to kind of try to pay attention to what's going on. And, you know, and I get to listen to a lot of things. Yeah, I watch the news. I see news flashes. I'm still connected to the Washington County Sheriff's Office, and I get their chaplain alerts. I wish they would remove that. I've asked them to, but I still get notified every time a chaplain is required in the county. And as I hear just the angst of, of the community as we come in, you know, in the chapel of confession or whatever else, there's just so much anger and frustration still in today's world. A lot of wrath going on. A lot of people unsatisfied. Young people killing other young people. Things just not, people not being able to get along. The world is crazy. And wrath and anger are not going to fix it. I've surrendered to the fact that I really don't believe the political sciences are going to fix it. I don't like it. But what I'm becoming more and more convicted of more than anyone else in the world who's being called to reorganize, to get their acts together, would be us Christians. Because we're the only ones who have the good news that can change a culture. The way our Lord wants the culture changed. Last week as we began Advent in my first Advent reflection, I made comment, I used Father John Ricardo's portion of his rescued book and I, and I read that portion of the book where he says, you know, we in our current day, as current day Christians, we have actually we have actually become successful in making the only person <clears throat> in history who had nothing about him that was boring. Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, his whole story. Our current day realities, <clears throat> we've actually become, we made it possible to look at him as boring. And he uses the image he says, today's Christian, as much as we want to get excited as the man who turned 180 gallons of water into wine, have actually turned the wine back into water. And he, John Ricardo, he talks and he, and he, and he challenges. And, and, this is, and this is a challenge that I have tried to pick up on because I believe it. It's true. 
Our world is crying of a gospel worldview, a biblical worldview again, one that really does have faith that the Savior has come into the world. And to sit there and to approach and hear and to allow the gospel, to hear it in such a way that it's not simply a his, history lesson, something that happened way back when, but to hear it differently, to allow our hearts to be pierced by it. Our gospel passage today places this event of John the Baptist in a particular point of history. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar. Well, this prophecy of the prophet Isaiah, which John proclaimed and lived out and made a reality in a very real way, I could just as easily in a sense of offering to our community here at St. Pius X. And I would ask that you be mindful of your emotional reception of this gospel. In the year of 2021, Joe Biden is president. Kate Brown, the governor. Pope Francis is Pope of the Universal Church. Archbishop Sample is the local archbishop of this archdiocese. And I, Father Sean Weeks, find myself here in this parish proclaiming the need for repentance, the forgiveness of sins, and living out this message, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled. And every mountain and hill shall be made low. The winding road shall be made straight. And the rough ways made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This preparation needs to happen in my heart and in yours. We need to get rid of any wrath that might be present. And in the holy name of Jesus, to cast the spirit of wrath out of our lives. We need to have and to hear the gospel of him who came, the word made flesh that dwelt among us, to direct us in these days, to be the architect of the change of culture. That's what we need. 
And the world needs us. Not everyone out there needs us to be pierced by that message. Yesterday, I was so blessed to be able to bring in a, a dad and a young baby into the com communion of the Catholic Church. The baby was their third child being baptized, Ruby, gorgeous. And her father, Travis, who had gone through the RCAA last year, but due to the pandemic and timing and everything else, wasn't able to be present for the Easter vigil. So we were finally able to work it out to where we were able to get Ruby baptized, him baptized, confirmation, and Eucharist. It was a private ceremony, so I decided that I was just going to go with the regular mass readings for the um, Saturday, first uh, week of Advent and Saturday. And what was really just blew me away was the, was the prayer, opening prayer for yesterday's Mass as we celebrated with his family, with their families. O God, who sent your only begotten Son into this world to free the human race from its ancient enslavement, bestow on those who devoutly await him the grace of your compassion from on high, that we may attain the prize of true freedom. I, with all confidence and belief, was able to look directly into the eyes of Travis and his wife and the family and to say that yesterday, that reality, Jesus coming to save, Jesus coming through the sacrament of baptism, was coming to free, to free Travis and Ruby from an ancient enslavement. That happened yesterday. That's a reality, it's a spiritual reality. And last month, I was blessed to be able to just go and spend a day of recollection at Mount Angel. And I went for a walk, and I, and I went to go visit a couple of my friends. And as I, I got to the, the cemetery, there was Father Pascal and Father Tien. They're buried right next to each other. Father Pascal is forever going to be on my heart for being the one who just preached, preached to all of us all the time. That we were living in this world, journeying ad patrum to the Father. That's how we're living. That's where we're going. Ad patrum. We're going to the Father. Everything about our prayer should be directed ad patrum. And Father Tien Father Tien was one of my favorite scripture 
professors. And he was my favorite professor, not because he was so out of this world and giving me academic gems of, of Greek and Hebrew and all those things. He was my favorite because he taught us how to relate with God's word. It's not about knowing all of these ancient languages as much as it is allowing those, this word to enter into our lives and to change us, to change our word. And he would say over and over again, he said, we should start finding the more we study God's word, we should start hearing, we should start seeing, we should start experiencing God's word changing our words. He says, when you write a letter, you should start seeing that your letters are starting to sound a little bit more like St. Paul. Totally different way of communicating. And with Father Tien just kind of being my, my witness to this reality, God placed it on my heart to simply just end with this. God is my witness. How I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer. That your love may increase ever more and more in knowledge and every kind of perception to discern what is of value so that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Amen.